Good evening, everyone. Uh, this is Diego the Lama, your men's ministry leader, Servants Hearts Men's Ministry podcast for May. And uh, we're starting the meeting a little late today. It's still on time, but arriving late. And uh, I have a special message uh, for you all that are listening. I hope you get something out of it. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, our men's meeting, our men's ministry, our mission is to glorify God through service and biblical principles apply to everyday life. Uh, our mission is to become leaders in our households, ministry, workplace, and wherever God calls us. And so we like to read the mission statement every time we start because I think it's important to know what we're about. Um, today we'll be going through some current events. We're going to review some events that are in fact coming up. And uh, we're going to go through a small Bible study. It shouldn't take too long. Uh, normally it's about 60 minutes. I don't see us going that long today, but uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, so let's go through some uh, events and announcements. So the May newsletter is coming out by the end of the month. I've written an article there. If you're listening to this and you feel compelled to share a story, uh, we need articles for the newsletter. And um, I think it's important because... All of us are going through a different journey right now. Obviously, our lives has changed uh, one way or another. Uh, some people have are working a lot more hours. Some are not working at all, and uh, it's been take uh, it's been taking a toll on everyone. And uh, if it's something you want to share from a faith perspective, how has God worked uh, in your life through all of this? I think uh, I think it might, we welcome your writings uh, as long as they're biblical, of course. Uh, the May Men's Podcast is going on now. Uh, the June men's uh, ministry meeting uh, will likely be a podcast again, though uh, if you guys are up for a Zoom, let me know. And uh, I do have an email now, and I'll, my email is diego at fbcartesiaca.com. So diego at fbcartesiaca.com is my email. Shoot me any questions, comments, anything. I love your feedback so we can make these podcasts more meaningful for you. Uh, I want to thank our guest for last month, Pastor Steve DeRoos. He uh very gracious in taking time out of his busy schedule to record with me for about an hour. And I thought we had a great discussion. So, um, you know, I want to thank you, Pastor Steve. Shout out to Pastor Steve. And uh, la our services have been live streamed. And uh, yesterday we were having a meeting on that. Uh, we have a meeting every week for those of you that don't know. And we have a Zoom meeting in which we discuss how we're going to stream, how to make the sound quality better. And I hope you guys have seen the improvement. You know, John Carrion, our worship leader, has put in a lot of work in making sure that the quality is there, the graphics are there. You know, uh, Pastor Steve is studying, sends us the notes on time. Shannon, our, our worship, one of our worship singers, uh, Shannon has done an amazing job, you know, sending us the lyrics on time, sending us everything, making sure that we're compliant with, you know, we're not breaking copyright rules or anything like that. So everybody's really done a really good job on checks and balances and making sure that we're we are in fact presenting ourselves ethically and and uh you know with 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 honor so thank you to everybody that's been working hard orly everyone out there pastor Gigi, you know leading worship coordinating the worship everybody's put in a lot of work and i hope it shows in the services that we stream and uh one of the things i'll say about the stream uh real quick what are your thoughts on it share us share your thoughts give us your thoughts um we are starting an evangelism class next week as well. Uh, it's sharing our faith. This will be done live streamed. 
and uh, encourage you guys if you have nothing else going on you know we'll be, i'll be part of it pastor steve will be leading it and um sharing our faith is one of my favorite subjects in the whole wide world so i'm looking pretty uh, forward to do it and we do have a live audience in this recording so if you hear them in the background don't mind them they're they're eating and uh they're they're enjoying our podcast so you know i know we try to be professional and have no sound in the background but the reality is, is that we're doing this from home and family life goes on so uh, we're not gonna have my family be muted for an hour just so that i could record this so they're welcome to say anything if they want uh uh, mark your calendars is next Thursday at around 7 p.m. On our, on our website, we'll have uh, we'll have some information on the evangelism class that we're starting with Pastor Steve. It's going to be a five-week session, so pretty excited about that. Uh, our marriage podcast, we've been doing two months already, and uh, Adrian and I have, have been pretty blessed to uh, to be able to share some of our wisdom. And, you know, it, it, we study for these things, so just the studying process of it and everything. Uh, it's it's really a blessing. Even this lesson today, you know, obviously we have to study. We, I don't just open up a Bible and and start talking. I, I study, I pray, you know, what I'm going to teach and things like that. And that's the real blessing sometimes. So I encourage you to open your Bibles and study on a subject. Pick your favorite biblical subject and study on that. And uh, you'll be surprised how much God blesses you on that. And just hat off. So oh, I was going to say just hat off the press, but before I do the the new announcement. Uh, with regards to the marriage ministry, uh, give us some feedback. Uh, tell us what you guys think. Um, share the podcast with your friends, married friends, uh, if they're you know dating. Regardless of the stage they're at, I hope you guys get something out of it. Likewise, with the men's ministry, share this with your friends, you know, teenagers, young adults, anybody that could uh, benefit from this. So, with that, last event, fresh off the press on June sixth at Sushi Loco in Fontana. Fontana. No. It'll be in the website. I think it's Pomona. So, anyways, out there in the Inland Empire. <laughs> Sorry about that. We're going to have a food drive. Uh, we're going to be giving... The chef is a big believer. His name is Francisco. And uh, he's a believer. And uh, he's going to be giving chicken bowls to those in need uh, due to the COVID-19 uh, crisis. A lot of people are, uh, you know, shortage of food. And I'll tell you one thing. Um so many things have been going on. Uh, I go cycling. For those of you that know me, I like to cycle. And I you know, I have a, a dear friend of mine from the Rotary Club that's been taking me under his wing. And so now he's taking me out. So I've been cycling a lot again. And um, we you know, ride through uh, Angel Stadium. And there's a line of uh, cars every weekend because uh, they're giving away food and people need it. You know, you know we're going to go into the news section real quick uh, with the current events. But uh, to not to diverge too much, we're going to have some uh, opportunities to bless people. It'll be on the website. I need to get it approved by Pastor Steve. Make sure that everything's on the up and up. And uh, we'll get you more details on that. So, let's talk about some current events. The church is moving, even though we're not there. And um, that's a real blessing. So, we started streaming our services, as some of you guys know. And on week one, for those of you that have seen it, you'll notice that we recorded out of an iPhone. And um, week nine, can you believe it's been nine weeks? Uh, looks a lot different, doesn't it? But it has also reached a lot more people. So we're averaging a couple of hundred people a week. And when we boost the service, like the Easter one, I believe, was boosted, or the one after that. Um, the last three. The last three, uh, my audience just told me. Um <laughs> We've been able to reach over a thousand people, 
And the neat thing about this is that through Facebook, even though uh, they may not be so much pro-faith, you target who you want to reach, and we've been reaching people within the Artesia community. So that's a real blessing. And But a couple of side uh, notes that you guys may not know. Uh, India has checked in and watched our service. Uh, other states in the Texas, Connecticut, I believe it's Connecticut, uh, Washington. So we have people from other states watching us as well. And so for that, I say glory to God. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a real nice thing. Uh, not sure if I mentioned this last month, but I did say that we were going to be in a depression, not recession. And not that I hate, not that I tooting my own horn, but it's unfortunate that that's what it's going to look like with over 30 million people unemployed currently. The last month podcast, there was 10 million people unemployed. Now we're over 30 million. It's only been a month. So uh, that's real unfortunate that a lot of people are losing jobs. And by that, uh, you know, you can just look at the implications. You lose your job, you lose your income, you know, and everything goes downhill from there. So we need to be a real blessing. I think the church is very important. It plays a huge role in people's lives. We provide comfort, peace. You know, we know that no matter how tough things are, because we've been affected as well here at home, you know, uh, God's in control and something good, you know, God is testing us. And so I urge you not to lose, not to get discouraged, but to find solace in God. And I will be talking about that later as well. Uh, coronavirus death is fast approaching 100,000. I think today we're at 95,000. So it's just a matter of time before we hit 100,000, which is really unfortunate. And, uh, you know, we offer our sincere condolences to all that have lost somebody. And um, it just takes a... Uh, one bad disease to to really do some damage and unfortunately that is happening here however there are some things are starting to get better you know the cases are going down everything's dropping uh some states are starting to reopen and so uh we uh we will hopefully see better days soon uh when it comes to this sort of thing uh going back to the economy real quick you know the economy when when things go on a downturn it goes in a downturn but the effects are trickle up in other words, right now, you know, 30 million people unemployed is the low-level, quote-unquote, the low-level workers. But it'll hit every stage of the economy. You know, right now, some cities are facing budget deficits. The state of California is facing a $54 billion deficit. And that could only mean that state employees are going to be affected. And that's going to have more trickling effects. So, you know, pray for the state, pray for the country that, you know, our leaders use wisdom in making these decisions so that we can all get back to work and prosper together uh one last note too here is uh for those of you that are that are into christian apologetics uh ravi sakarai has passed away at the age of 74 um when i was going to biola university i used to listen to some of his stuff he's a christian apologetic man if you ever listen to him on youtube i highly encourage you to go there and listen to him he uh really knew how to defend the faith and he will definitely be missed. Uh, we lost him too soon at age 74. So, my guest speaker today is me. Uh, this is a Diego Solo Man's podcast. And uh, you will get to hear a little bit of what goes through my mind as I talk basically by myself right now. Uh, I decided to do it alone because I, I do have a lesson that I want you guys to listen to. Uh, that I hope you guys enjoy and um, send me your feedback at Diego at fpcartishaca.com. And um, before I get started with the lesson, I do have to admit, it feels a little weird going solo. 
Now I know how Pastor Steve feels when he does his Bible study, and now I know why he wants people to um, his studio audience, which is usually us, to give him some feedback on air because it is weird to talk by yourself. But I guess you get used to it as we go along. So, uh, with regards to the Bible study today, uh, we've been talking a lot about preparation. That's been the overarching arching thing since I began the ministry: is how to prepare for life, trials, future events, how to prepare for a heavenly home. Uh, glorious inheritance, abandonment of idols, uh, personal purification. You know, through the Bible, God prepares us for so many things. Uh, however, today we're going to take a little bit of a detour from the preparation aspect. And we're going to talk about the book of Philemon. And um, the re- we're probably going to split this into two parts, uh, even though it's a very small book. Uh, however, as men, as leaders... Uh, as men, you know, leaders in your workplace or home or wherever you may be. We're leaders in a lot of places, right? Any examples of how you, ex- do you exert, exert authority or do you appeal with love? And that's the question I posed with you guys today. So let me give you some examples of positions of authority that we do have where we, where we could exert our authority, right? Uh, and some of these may sound silly, but it's true if you think about it. Uh, the customer is always right. You go into a store, into a retail shop, or anywhere, and you have authority because that's the saying in, in, in our society is the customer is always right. So you could ask for the manager, but at the end of the day, if you have a valid complaint, you could accept your authority and say, I will never come here again if you don't do this for me. And you have authority, right? If you're a manager, a team leader, head of the household, a father, a father, an older brother, the, you know, the leader friend in a group, you know, etc. You have positions of leadership, and when you have a position of leadership, do you exert authority or do you appeal with love, right? As men, uh, if you're not in a position of leadership, you should strive for that because God calls us to be leaders as part of our mission statement. So if you're not in that position today and you're listening to this, I challenge you, be a leader. But in order for you to be a leader, you got to have followers, right? That's number one. As inspire people to do something and you could do that by teaching them the word of god uh so when it counts do we exert authority or do we appeal with love and uh that's what defines a christian a man of god right and so what is a good model for appealing in the bible and my answer is going to be philemon the book of philemon so uh before i get uh, into the book of philemon you know when it comes to appealing you know, as a Christian man is appealing, but don't get it confused with coercing or pulling a fast one. You know, here as, as a husband, you know, and for those of you that know me, I like to buy my toys, electric toys. I'm into gadgets and video games and things like that. And, um, you know, those things are not inexpensive. They're actually sometimes pretty expensive. And so I don't exert my authority and just buy it without anybody's approval in the household. Right. I have to discuss it with my wife. And make sure that, you know, all the, all of our needs are met before I have what's called discretionary income for those of you that, you know, know I also do, you know, financial planning for people. And so, um, you know, make sure we have discretionary income to spend. And even then, you know, when I appeal to my wife for something that I want, you know, I like to think that I'm not coercing her into doing that or I'm not pulling a fast one on her, right? And I'll give you a little story here. Um, 
one of the ways I study the Bible is I use software called called Logos or Lagos is the way they say it over, <laughs> over there. And uh, but it's Logos, and it's a pretty expensive piece of software. Uh, however, it has so many books, and the interface is so easy that when you type in a subject, it gives you all the biblical perspectives and the commentaries and all these things, right? And about ten years ago, I want to say I bought the first first version of that, and it was you know, let's just say it was it cost money. And it was the in the starter pack, if you will, right? And so the starter pack, and you get some good stuff, and you get all excited. And through the years, you upgrade it, and um, you upgrade it. And I hadn't upgraded in about five years. And so this time around, you know, there's some new features that came out. I hadn't upgraded in five years, and uh, and uh, <laughs> and I ended up purchasing it. And I had to appeal to my wife to you know let her know that it was a good purchase. And thankfully, she agreed. But there was a way I went about it. And um, hopefully you guys see that it's a biblical model. And so we'll see if the story makes sense at the end of the lesson. Let's take a look. Okay, so in Philemon 1 verses 1 to 3. So real quick, before we get started in Philemon, a few tidbits about the book of Philemon. It is the shortest book in the Bible at only 25 verses. However, it sure packs a punch from a lesson perspective. You know, the, the Bible discusses many principles, right? You know, love, be selfless, things like that. However, uh, appealing for something that you care about or that you love uh, can be described in 25 verses, I believe, when you read the book of Philemon. And so we're going to go through that and uh, give you a little background. You know, Paul is appealing to Philemon for something, right? And uh, they knew each other well. It's clear they knew each other, right? And so... Uh, Paul, instead of flexing his Paul muscle and using his position of leadership or authority, if you will, he actually took a humble route and uh, made an appeal. So let's go ahead and read. So verses 1 through... Oh, I'm missing verse 3 here. So I'm going to pull up my Bible. Um, I apologize about that. I thought I have verse 3. Let's see. Well, while you guys are waiting... Um, how's everybody going? All right, no, I'm just kidding. I'll I'll start with uh, verses 1 through 2, and then uh, once I get to verse 3, I'll read that, okay? So, um, verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker. Uh, That's verse 1. Oh, goodness. My computer's really busting a number here. I apologize, you guys. So, uh, verse 2. And to Apiar, our sister, and to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, grace to you, peace from God the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, let me just get verse 3 here. You're going to hear some clicking because I have to basically go through the computer here. And uh, verse 3 states... Oh my goodness, now I just... Now this is just turning into a disaster. Okay, so verse 3 states, uh, Grace and peace to you <laughs> from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So I guess verse 3 was on there. So now I look even more foolish. Anyways, that's the last technical error I have. So, a couple of things to note. Paul is about to make an appeal to Philemon. Right? However, he addresses the letter to Timothy and to Aphiar and Archippus. 
So even though he's making an appeal to one person, he's directing the letter to three other people. Right? Number one. Number two, in most of Paul's epistles, he usually refers to himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ, something along those lines. But in this book that has 25 verses, he refers to himself as the prisoner of Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, right? And uh, chances are, likely he was in jail, right? But, you know, and even though he was probably in jail at the current time he's writing these letters, he was not... You know, he used the word prisoner, not just as a, as a term of, I'm in prison, but I'm a prisoner for the Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, he was kind of bypassing his legal status and talking about how he's using this to describe himself as a prisoner of, of Jesus Christ. And um, is he doing that to, to appeal to, to get pity from Philemon? Who knows? But interesting, in this particular time when he's about to make an appeal, you know, he, he describes himself as a prisoner. And uh, for example, in the book Corinthians or things in other books where he's talking about false teachers and other subjects, you know, strides within the church and all that, he uses a different title. But when he's about to make an appeal, he's a prisoner. So, um, interesting, right? And um, verse 2, it talks about the church in your house. So, during those times, churches were home churches, home-based churches, around 20 people, Uh but they were all connected. So the only and, and the reason why you know that is because he's he's uh, calling sister after our fellow soldier. You know, using this language because the churches, even though they're home based, they're all interconnected. And, and you can tell because he's writing letters to all of them, right? And so, uh, you know, a question, you know, you know, he, he chooses these titles very wisely, and 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 there's a reason why he does that, and we'll see that later on. Why is, why is he doing this? So you know, Paul's always been very good when he starts his, his epistles. You know, the way he introduces himself, grace to you, pray to you, know, love and all that. And he doesn't, he continues to do that here. But he just uses a bit of a different twist. And it's because he's doing a setup. He's setting up for an appeal, right? He's not admonishing or doing anything like that. He's setting up for an appeal, so he's approaching it differently. So, some questions to ponder. When you are appealing, how do you appeal? Right? So, here, you know, according to my notes, it looks like uh, Afiar... An archibus could have been Philemon's wife and son, respectively. And uh, the whole house church, you know, 20 people. Uh, you know, he, he just... Uh, there's a connection there, clearly, right? So, he's making an appeal and he's bringing other people into it. I'll give you an example of this right now. Whenever a, our pastor is about to make a change to the church, you know, he doesn't just appeal one person, he appeals the whole board. Right, this is similar, right? Um, and so there's examples of this. When, when, we, when we're about to make an appeal to... You, we need to know the context and how to appeal and who to appeal. And in order for you to know that, you have to pray. And, and Paul prays, man. Paul was a man of prayer. So, uh, you know, you need to know who you, who you appeal to. And it depends on your role and it depends on the people you're going to you know, you're gonna speak with, right? So he was a master. You know, he was master of being a, a, appealing. And, you know, today, for example, our church has to appeal to the local authority to allow us to open again. And we're doing that, and uh, some of them are, you know, going, the, you know, outside the bounds. But for the most part, the church is using its muscle to appeal to the higher authority that we need to be open again, and so they know that by knowing the audience, right? So Paul is doing the perfect set. So let's go ahead and read on here. And uh, here we go in verse four. I thank my God always for making mention of you in my prayers. And verse number five. 
because I hear of your love and of the faith which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints. So Paul is showing empathy, right? He's, I'm, you know, I make mention of you in my prayers. So he, he's telling Philemon, you know, I pray for you. Again, we go back to the way Paul always introduces himself with a lot of love, a lot of affection, because the churches are interconnected and he knows his churches. And for him, he loved the church so much that, you know, he prays for the people in the church, right? So, um, it's, it's interesting. So, uh, you know, how he prays for the receiver of the message, right? And it says, because I hear of your love and faith for which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints. Uh, you know, he's heard of the good things that Philemon has done. And you got to understand, during these times, there was no Facebook. You know, so for Paul to hear these sort of things, you know, chances are word, get around, word got around that Philemon was a man of God and he was doing a lot of good things that got back to him. It wasn't just a Facebook post saying, look at me, all the good things I did, or an Instagram picture. It was a... Uh, Honest to goodness letters going about saying, hey, Philemon's a good guy. He's a man of God. And, uh, you know, during this time, there was also slavery. So, you know, I think he was a slave owner. So, uh, you know, Paul knew who Philemon was and clearly had a lot of affection to him. And it says, and I pray, verse, verse 6, and I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for Christ's sake. Now, despite praying for him, and he does pray for him, sincerely. And mind you, he's saying, I'm praying for you. But he's saying that to a letter that's been addressed to three other people. Wife and son included, more than likely. So he's he's buttering them up. However, he's doing that sincerely, you know. And then he says, that, you know, I've heard of the good things you've done. And in verse 6, he basically he's basically telling him, I want you to be even more effective at doing the things you've already been doing. So he's asking for more. You know, keep in mind... You know, again, he addresses people to somebody else. And so, you you know, you, you would think he's kind of put him in a spot. and um, But he's not. But it comes off that way, right? And so when we when we do these sorts of things and we're praying, you know, sometimes if you're an unbeliever, you might see it that way. But if you're a believer and you're appealing to another believer or even another unbeliever, they know when you're sincere and when you're not. They know when you're, you know, really mean it. It comes from your heart. It came from prayer. Right before you make an appeal to anybody, uh, do you pray about it first? Because you need to know if you're going to appeal for something, you need to know it comes from God. And I've done in my life, I've done some some things that I thought was what God wanted, and you know clearly they weren't. And and it's because I thought I had prayed, but I didn't, and either I didn't, I didn't just say, please God, let me have this, and then I go, went out and got it, or please God, I'm gonna, I want this, and I just go out and got it. No it, it, prayer, like real prayer, like God, is this meant for me? Do you want me to have this? Or is this meant for our family? Or is this meant for Sophia? Or is it meant for Adrian? Is this meant for my friends? Am I supposed to join this group? Am I supposed to do this class? Am I supposed to do this? You know, you pray for these things. So so Paul is clearly a man of prayer. And that's when he says these things. You know, again, it may come off as putting him on the spot because the letter's addressed to three other people, but it's not. He, you know, Paul is, is clearly trying to reach them and trying to tell them that you know when it comes to God's work you know we need to be more effective become more effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for Christ's sake for the glory of God so if it's not for the glory of God then don't be more become more effective right so um Paul is praying for more of it in verse 7 it says for I have come to have much joy and comfort in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed 
through you, brother. And so, um, you know, again, he, he goes back to asking for more, but he also has joy. So now imagine Paul writing this letter from jail. And he's saying, I have much joy and comfort. So he's probably smiling as he's writing this, right? He's thinking of all the good things he's done. And it brings a smile to his face. And he has to put that in writing. And so he expresses that by saying, much joy and comfort in your love. Because of the heart, because the hearts of the saints that have been refreshed through you. In other words, whatever Philemon has been doing, it's caused refreshing. It's brought joy to people. And that brings a smile to Paul's face. And he even refers to him again as brother. You know, brother in Christ, obviously. And so... uh you know, in jail writing that, you can see where he's going. You know, Paul again doing the perfect setup, but it's not, it's not in a conniving way or in a coercive way. It's, it's in a genuinely loving way. And as men, whenever we're about to appeal for something that's either for the, our, our own selfish benefits, it should really be for your, for the benefit of everybody in your household or for everybody in your group. You know, it should be a team thing. But even if it's for yourself, whether it's for yourself or everybody else, you know, appeal to these things in love. Come, you know, remind the person that's next to you, whether it's a friend, co-worker, you know, spouse. Hey, man, I appreciate everything you've done. I mean, I've seen all the good things you've been doing. You know, I, I, I'll give you an example. I talk to my employee, Veronica, all the time. And I tell her, man, all my customers say a lot of great things about you. You know, they love the way she provides customer service. And so I remind her of that because it brings a smile to her face. But it brings a smile to my face that she's treating my customers really well. And... Uh, same thing with Adrian. You know, I tell her all the time because for those of you that know Adrian, she's very creative and she could take a dirty table and make it look like a $500 table that you see in, you know, in Pure Imports or something like that for about 10 bucks. And, and she has that kind of talent. And so we, you know, we always, you know, tell her, Hey, you've done a really good job. You know, you bring, you know, you brought a smile to that family's face when you gave it to them or you sold it to them or whatever. And, um, you know, so you do that with these, you know, with your loved ones and with your ones you care about, the, with, with the people you're leading, right? And that's what makes you a leader is you appeal to them. You let them, let them know that you appreciate what they do for you and for the kingdom, as a matter of fact, because it all has to be uh, interconnected, all right? So, um, so you know, he says that in verse 7. And uh, here, you know, we're going to stop out of our verses 8 and 9, but let me, uh, let me read them so we could uh, talk about that a little bit. And he says in verse 8, Therefore, though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do what's proper, yet for love's sake I rather appeal to you, since I am such a person as Paul, the aged, the aged, and the now also prisoner of Christ. And he refers to himself as a prisoner of Christ. So what's going on here? He tells them, you know, I have the authority to tell you what to do. Right? When we're leaders... And when we're in a position of authority, whether it's a head of household, you know, things like that. You have the authority technically to tell somebody, I'm going to put my foot down, right? But is that what you do or is that what you should do as, as a man of God? Of course not. You shouldn't do that. You know, and we see it all the time in a, in a dying, a lost world. Man, we've wit- I've witnessed these things at stores, at sporting events, you know, other cultures. You know, one of the stories that sticks out to mind, my, my wife and I were once the blessed this has been 10 years now we were blessed 10 years ago to go to europe and uh you know it was interesting because there was other cultures over there a muslim culture you know I'll just call it what it is and the man walked 10 feet ahead of the woman the woman is all covered 
the man is wearing expensive clothing. You know, I mean, you got to understand in Europe, the, the the style capital of the world, they sell, you know, all the high-end brands and that's what they buy. But they buy it for them and their watch are all covered. You figure that out, you know, and, and God is telling us on the country, we shouldn't be like that. It should be the other way around. But that's how some cultures are, right? Not just the Muslim culture, but other cultures, and even Christian cultures when they don't have Christ, right? So I'm not judging on one religion. All of us are like that. When there's no God, you see that sort of chauvinism in display full force. You know, I hear in our country, our history of our country, women didn't have a right to vote one time, once upon a time. It's because we wanted the authority for ourselves. We were ex- exhorting our authority in an ungodly manner, and it showed. And we're still paying the repercussions of that because women are, in fact, and I don't blame them. They're hurt. You know, men have hurt them really bad, and it's caused a, a cycle of pain. I digress. Let me go back to this. You know, when you're in a position of authority, how do you accept that authority? Do you lay the law, put your foot down, or uh, or actually, that's one one aspect, right? There's also the other side of that. There's two sides to the spectrum, right? And we have to find the happy medium, and God gives us the happy medium. But one side of the spectrum is you lay the you know you lay the law. But the other side of the spectrum as men is, is you completely give out your power to your, you know, your, your somebody else, right? Whether it's your spouse or anybody else. And I heard men say, oh, you know, my wife makes all the decisions. And no, that's not how it works either. Or, you know, whatever the boss says. And, you know, your feedback is important in this and those things as well. So it goes both ways when, when people, you know, when it comes to authority, you know, one side of the spectrum, you overexert it. The other side of the spectrum, you completely give it up. You know, and so where are you in that? Do you find a happy medium? Is it a godly? And even if you, you're in, you think you're in the middle, have you prayed about it and see if that if that's what God wants? And have you taken everything into consideration, right? And so here, Paul's about to make an appeal, right? And you know, he uses a little bit of pity. He uses the pity part again. You know, it says Paul the aged. You know, the aged Paul. Oh, uh-huh, I'm old, but. He also says, for the second time, he uses, and also a prisoner. I'm the age and also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I don't think he meant it sarcastically. I think he, you know, back then, that's how they used that. You know, they, they wrote differently back then than they do today. So I don't think, he, it sounds like that when you, when you read it, and I kind of chuckled at it. But Paul was definitely trying to make a point. And he was using all his, you know, all his all his wisdom in trying to make an appeal, including maybe using the fact that he was old, you know, and, and that he was, in fact, in prison. But he was using the word prison as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. So... You know, um, but Paul is showing us here a good example of how to properly appeal. You know, he lets you know, I could use my authority if I want to, but I don't want to. And I don't think he meant it like that. Even when you read verse 8, I don't think he meant it like that. He's just saying basically, hey, because he, remember, he had respect from everybody. Everybody knew he was a leader. He was the connect. Everybody, you know, he wrote letters. He admonished. So, you know, he wanted to get that out of the way. He wanted to basically say, look, don't listen to me because I'm a, I'm a, uh, have the authority, listen to me because I'm appealing to you, right? So that's really, all joking aside, that's the context he meant it in, right? And so, you know, you have to read it. It just sounds kind of funny when you read it, you know, in the English version. I wonder how something, you know, how I read in Greek or, or, you know, but that's how he said it, right? So, as a leader, you know, and, and as we get to find out through the, le- to the later verses, which we'll cover at next month's meeting, He's about to make an appeal for, for Philemon, for, uh, to Philemon about Onimus. And basically, he's, he's setting you up. He's praying about it, right? So th- these are the, the principles to take out of this. You know, he, he it involves prayer, right? So if you're going to ask someone for anything, pray about it. Don't just pray about it, whatever it is that you want, but also pray for them, you know? 
let them know that you're praying for them as well. I mean, especially if they're a believer. If you're talking to another believer, you know, pray them to that believer, right? And so it is a, if it's a godly request, it will be honored. Know that. God is in control. God will answer your prayers if they're for His glory. But if they're for your selfish reasons, the answer might be no. And you have to be prepared for that, right? This is what Paul uh, did. And that's why he had a stellar reputation among the believers. Because this is this was his style and everybody knew it. And in fact, his reputation, Paul's reputation was so great that thousands of years later, we still talk about it. So, and because obviously it's in the Bible, but it's in the Bible for a reason. Because he was led by God to act this way and show us right, how it is to do these things, right? You know, we, we may have never met Paul, but his reputation is intact as a man of God in the Bible. He fought to bring people to Christ. Think about that. He was in jail, likely because he was preaching, preaching Christ Jesus. And he was willing, willing to go to jail and die for the faith. And eventually he did die for the faith, right? So as a leader, you know, you need to go to bat for the people that are with you, right? And sometimes, you know, especially if you're going to make an appeal to them. So if you're going to, if you're going to appeal to them, it's because you want something from them that's going to bring glory to God. So if you, if you're going to ask something from someone, be willing to lay it on the line for them as well. You know, and again, context is everything, right? For your family, be willing to die for them. You know, but for your workers, be willing, you know, be willing to go to bat for them. I'll give you a story. You know, when I was in banking years ago, you know, my manager, she went to bat for me. And, uh, I had, you know, and she didn't have to. I, I really screwed up. I just tell you a little story. I really screwed up. So I did something really unwise. I, I was, you know, going through a, I could make a million excuses as to why I did the wrong thing, but I did the wrong thing, needless to say. And, and so no excuse in that. I did the wrong thing. I got caught. I was about to get fired. And my manager went to bat for me. And she didn't have to. I was with her for maybe a couple of months. But you know what she was doing? She was building trust with me. And ever since then, I, I, I fought for her. And so I fought for, you know, for her goals became my goals. And, and once her goals became my goals and we became in line, and our, our, our store thrived, our branch thrived, you know, and it's because, man, she knew how to lead. And so, you know, you don't have to get fired for somebody or anything like that. That's not my point. But as a leader, you know, whether it was your friends, you know, I'll tell you another story from my friends, my brother. I remember uh, I was a kid in Peru and um, my brother, uh, my older brother, he's two years older than me. Um, you know, we were walking around during Christmas season and during Christmas season in Peru, you that's when you pop the fireworks in Peru. So I had fireworks. And I threw it at some guy. And I just threw it. I was like six years old and he was eight. And I threw it at some kid. And I just threw firecrackers in his feet and they popped really loud. And they were like the dangerous kind over there. And and the kid wanted to obviously, you know, beat me up. And my brother, even though I was 100% wrong, <laughs> you know, he stood up for me. You know, and, and he had my back. And, and and that's as a leader what you do, you know. And, that, you know, Memo to this day, he's my older brother. I respect him, you know. I'm ahead of a household. He's ahead of a household. But and and but when it comes to disagreements that we do have, even obviously he's not a believer and I am. So when we do have disagreements, you know, I always know how to, or always try to know. I always try to give him the respect he deserves because at the end of the day, he is my older brother. And through the years, that's just one example of thousands where he stuck his neck out for me, you know. And so you you do you know out of love, you do do these things for them as well. So you know whether you're a leader or to your leaders, you know. You give them that respect. And sometimes I fall short, you know, um, especially during these times with the coronavirus. You know, um, frustration is manifested in many different ways. People are protesting. They want to defy the law. And, you know, we could discuss the politics of that on some other podcast. But that's how people are expressing themselves. 
and sometimes you express yourself and you unleash your your frustration on the people that really don't deserve it and and so um you know you have to be you know have self-awareness to catch that and apologize to them if you do do that you know so um you know there's other examples that i can give you where um when I'm about to make an appeal for something, you go you go the extra mile for the people you're you know you're working for, right? So that when you do make the appeal, it, it has credibility behind it. Um, some of our youth, I think, has lost that. The, you know, that's those are the lessons we need to teach, teach our young children. And that's why I encourage you guys to to give this podcast to to you know younger men. If you have a teenage you know son or daughter, you know teenage kids, or even in their twenties, you know they they you know these are the when when church is out of society. These are the principles that go along with it. And uh, and these are good principles because it makes society better. It makes us better leaders. It makes us men of God. And so when these young men don't know this, when the time comes, they back out. And I'll give you an example of that. You know, I'm an employer. I'm self-employed. You know, and I, I you know, they call for an interview for a job and then they don't show up. <laughs> you know, and, and that's been a phenomena it's been happening not just in my business, but in everybody's business that I've known, apparently. And so, you know, and so the instinctive reaction is to say, oh, you know, these millennials don't know what, you know, don't respect anybody anymore. Number one, they're not millennials. It's a new generation. Number two, it come, it's because there's no God in their lives. So don't blame them for being individuals that were raised without principles. Let's blame us for not teaching those principles to them at a young age. So uh, let's be self-accountable. Uh, you take these lessons to well, uh, you know, next, at uh, the next month, uh, lesson, I will go through the, I'll finish the book of Philemon. I think it's an, it's such a wonderful book for being 25 verses. And it's actually not a book, it's a letter. Uh, but I think it packs such a punch. And in just these nine verses, I hope you realize when you're about to make to appeal that the work that goes into it, pray for your, pray for the people you're about to receive. I don't know if you can hear the banging on the table, but if you, if you can, I'm banging on the table out of passion, you know, uh, but, um, you know, pray, pray, pray that is God is a godly wisdom, right? And then, uh, you know, let them know how, that you pray for them. That you know, all the, all these principles that that Paul has done, let them know. So, as we conclude our Bible uh, study today, our call to action. I like to end every podcast with a call to action, right? So, use your prayer time to pray for those whom you're about to ask something of. So, uh, if you're about to ask for a raise or ask your wife for uh, you know, a toy or, or ask you, you know, even if, you know, even if you're going to ask for time away from something and it doesn't affect your family life, right? Like today, for example, I got, I got home from work pretty late because I went to an, uh, a planning session for, for the outreach that we're doing. And I let my wife know, hey, I'm going to be late today. And, and there's, there's, there's a, there's a cost to that. The cost of that is I missed time, I missed time with my family. So, uh, you know, that's why you have to pray because you have, you have to take everything into consideration. It's not as easy as me just saying, well, I have my own schedule. I could do whatever I want. Uh uh-uh, uh, doesn't work that way. There's people around you that are going to be affected by that. So, you know, pray. Use your prayer time to ask, to to pray for those whom you're about to ask something of, right? Pray that you involve the right people. So notice in Paul, uh, and I'm sorry, in Philemon, you know, Paul brings other people into the letter, right? And it, it may sound contradictory because. You know, and Jesus spoke about go to your brother first, and if your brother doesn't listen, bring other. And that's church discipline. But that's the thing that that's church discipline. This is an appeal. Two different things completely. So don't think scripture is being inconsistent on the contrary. It's being perfectly consistent. It's teaching us that each scenario requires a different approach. Church discipline requires 
for you to go to your brother and then take, take it from there, right? And eventually bring it up to the whole church. But when you're about to make an appeal, you have to use have the godly wisdom to bring the right people in. So pray about that. So obviously, if you're going to appeal, you know, <laughs> if I'm about to ask something for my wife, I'm not going to carbon copy an email, you know, my in-laws or anything like that. That would be silly, right? But know the audience. Know who you're about to appeal to, right? And pray for that wisdom because that that is only answered through prayer. Um, and also pray for consistency in the way you present yourself. Because if you're going to make an appeal, if you're going to go through prayer and all these, you're going to use all these principles to make an appeal for something, right? And we'll find out what that appeal is late next month. Be consistent in the way you do it. Do it the same way every single time. Don't, you know, do it one way with this person and this way with another person and do it biblical with Christians and doing this way with non-Christians. No, no, no. Be consistent across the board. That's so important. And, uh, and also just to, uh, Continue to pray for the preparation for the trials that lie ahead. You know, again, we talked in our current event section that, you know, unemployment is really high and, you know, the damage is not done. And, you know, the church is facing some trials too, especially in the state of California and other, uh, you know, liberal states, if you will, uh, where, you know, they're being told they can't congregate. So those are going to be real challenges that are happening soon. Continue to pray for the church that we're able to congregate, obviously using, a, you know, safety measures that are above and beyond i'm actually writing an article about that in the newsletter so please read that article and lastly know that god is in control and he knows it all he knows the future he knows the past he knows what we've done so align yourself with god read your bible every day uh, give me an email if you have any questions it's diego at fbcartesia.ca.com right adrian yes okay so fbcartesia.com diego at fbcartesia.com ca.com ca.com fbcartesiaca.com and in fact uh, Adrian I'm going to ask you if you don't mind put that email out on the on the website when I put the when you post up the lesson you know Adrian's in charge of the website for those of you that don't know and she does a really good job see that's what I'm telling you hey honey you do a great job with the website so um, I hope you learned something I know I only read nine verses but I hope you saw that they really do pack a punch I pray for you, your family, whoever it is, whatever trial it is that you're going through, know that God is with you, that God is testing you. Don't blame the devil. God is testing you. So don't give the devil too much credit. God is testing you. Pray so that you can pass the test and be stronger for it. So uh, we pray for the church, for yourselves, for your leaders, for the youth. You know, we pray that this message reads all that is meant to reach. It's going to be posted on Facebook and our website. If you get a hold of it, please share it, share it, share it. Um, listen to it and give me some feedback. And um, I'll try to bring some guests uh, next month. I'll see who I bring. I have so many people that, could, that would be good guests. Um, I don't want to mention any names because I haven't even asked them yet. But I will ask them soon. And uh, I pray that you guys have a wonderful week. Be safe out there. Be careful. Use wisdom. Pray. I'm signing off. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of the week.